Welcome to Show to V with Mike G. The show of life, the show of microphones, the show of Michael Phillips today from Midnight Cowboy. Apparently I've got a trend going here, a pattern. Perhaps it's subconscious that I am secretly in love with all of the crew at Midnight Cowboy as driven by Brian Dressel some time ago. But today we got Michael Phillips, the GM for Midnight Cowboy. You know, Midnight Cowboy is an interesting place there's not really a speakeasy in austin in that same sense they've got a board outside where you have to hit a secret button although it's not so secret now but you've got to hit a button you've got to make reservations but once that door is open relieving you of the dismay and the chaos that is sixth street you are invited into one of the most lush friendly and innovative places in austin texas and i can't wait to see what happens in the future with Midnight Cowboy. People moving on to bigger and better things. But let's think of the Midnight Cowboy staff some years ago as the dream team. But it's a great chat with Michael. We talk about the death of his father. We talk about how love has really helped his life and been a big support system for him. But it's great drinking with Michael. Michael gets pensive, gregarious, and he's a really intelligent guy. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Michael Phillips. Sixteen, seventeen years ago, industry or something no? like that. Uh, she is now. She's been. Oh uh, no, she's. I know. <laughs> so she <laughs> is uh, that your fault or is it someone else's? It's kind of my fault, I yeah. would say. Okay, so uh, a while back, a good buddy of mine, uh, old friends of ours, uh, opened up uh, Ramatazia, the the first store. Oh man! And uh, yeah. they had the soft opening, and I was like, "Oh hey, Sarah, we got a ramen place in the, in town now." Like I've been dying. I've been talking about this for years. We we both spent a little time in Japan, and we just so like ramen every other day and yeah we hit up a couple of different cities that have some decent ramen as well so i was like sure. austin doesn't have shit yet and uh, there is a place you know that i will not name that has like ramen for lunch but it's it's not it's good crap i think uh, i know that place yeah, i think, I think yeah. i've been that been yeah. to that place i don't like to name names yeah sure, but sure. Uh, it was kind of exciting so i was like hey we're gonna go to this place it's soft opening uh yeah let's go check it out so we get there and uh the we walk up to the counter and the girl at the counter the cashier with the glasses chia she's always there yeah chia yeah, yeah. she's not there anymore oh, but right. uh, she's bigger and better things doing well she has a baby right? now she she just had a baby with uh, uh greg nonis who's one of the head chefs at olame like, oh no they're, kidding they're, they're they're i guess they're officially married now or, oh, loved good. or whatever but uh they were best friends in high school mm. and so walking up she's just like what the f-? like they hadn't talked in years so they just got chatting like a couple of girls again and got really excited and uh you know, we went there a few more times and mm. she was like, you know, I guess sort of like, hey, man, we really need some help. Like, if you want to do some part time stuff. And Sarah's like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. She's working in a pharmacy as a pharmacy tech for years now. Where the money is. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, hating her life. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> just dealing, you know, like we get into like some amount of arguments, you know, she would be coming home and like bitching about work. But 
usually I'd chime in. Well, this one guy was drunk and, you know, he was kind of a dick and right. wanted to stop a fight. She's like, no, 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 no. I killed a guy. I deal with people <laughs> who are addicted to prescription medicines right. and they will climb over a counter and kill you if you don't give it to them. Like, these wow. are serious addicts. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, I deal with horrible people. Like, no, booze, you, booze renders you useless. Yeah. You don't ever fight. I mean, you fight, but then you pass out. Sure. It's not so bad. But yeah. if you're on, like, fucking delighted. Mm. Well, you might actually just not be able to make it at, out at all. Yeah. It's hard to say. Opiates are fun, man. It's a, but, it's a uh, big deal, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she ended up kind of part-timing with them for a little bit. And then um, at some point she said, yeah, fuck this. I'm done with the pharmacy. And so she went full-time, yeah. became a manager there. and Oh, cool. Stuff and Is stuff she working there now? She's still there, yeah. No kidding. Mm-hmm, yeah, she so stepped down from management, but she's still practically running the show. No she shit. can't, like unplug like me so we get along that way are you are you hyper attentive and thinking about the details all the time yeah like right now i'm going through like the the, the liquor <laughs> order i put today to make sure like there are no holes in there right because i put it in okay i call okay to this person like i'm not are you this- thinking about like the best way like how is michael phillips gonna come off uh i like rock bands and i like ramen you uh, going through the process or you no idea okay good it's good. just free yeah i guess i uh, hope so i hope so 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 you know, I like to talk about love just a, a little bit because <clears throat> most of the people that come in have like a really nice rooting and foundation in love. And it actually helps people. I mean, it helps me do a better job at work. It helps me better do a jo- better do a better job at like a, at this, like the booze, all that shit. Right. Yeah, and sure. is it help you? I mean, is it nice to, you know, you get off at 3 a.m. in the morning, you're working at Cowboy, let's say. Still, mm-hmm. still a cowboy, yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah. And you come home, that's got to be a great feeling, right? To not have to trek it alone. Yeah, you know, it's it really is. And, you know, when you've gone, you know, being in a relationship, as we've been around, we've been together for probably about nine years or so. That's crazy. And, yeah. Like, good, good crazy, good crazy. No, it's good. Like, it's, it's you know, it's finally <laughs> coming into, the, like, the second uh, second act or whatever where it's uh is this the tension and the climax here no the not at all it's no, like no. we're right in the middle right before the break for the third and oh it's shit like, so it's coming it's kind of sort of stuff is happening but yeah. there's like a lot of like moments of just just soul grinding normalcy right. everyday routine which is not bad because i'm really um I'm pretty type A to begin right. with. Yeah. Um, I have my own life rut. I have like, I just have staples in life that I'm trying to like day to day. Like I'm not going to go and have the same coffee and pastry that I have every right, goddamn right, day. Right, right. I got to do And you know, that, I fail most of the times. Yeah. But um, that's, you know, it's, it's good for me because I like to have that stability. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm almost going to say a butt, but I'm not going to say a butt because it's no butt. But, no, it's uh, good. Like, it's, the stability is good, isn't it? It's to, very so you good. you have, like, maybe the shifts, maybe yeah. cowboy, maybe the people. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing that's always fluctuating, but you always can go home and count on something. Definitely. It's going to be great, right? No, it's really good, man. Like, I, yeah, she's pulled me out of a couple of weird spaces before. Yeah. Um, we first started dating. Actually, we first started dating right about a month and a half before my dad passed. And when so she this had this year or last year. This is two thousand and excuse me. This is two thousand and six. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. January two thousand six. Yeah, and um, we'd just been seeing each other for probably six, seven weeks or so, and then all this stuff happened. 
and uh she was she, there for you i guess well she was <laughs> for a minute she not almost phys- not just physically i mean like emotionally supportive oh, yeah i couldn't even tell you the embarrassing stories of just not embarrassing just you, you going through life <laughs> like my dad just died and it was like this yeah. this it wasn't a long time coming but he had been sick off and on for years yeah. and it, it what, kind of what, uh, finally what was happened. it ultimately? it was ultimately heart failure really um he as, as a teenager he he's been a sickly human being his whole life he was, he yeah. was a teenager he had a uh, um uh, kidney failure oh, and wow. had to as get a teenager mm-hmm, when he was oh, like shit. in his late did teens get an imp- uh, he did his uh his sister yeah my aunt uh, yeah donated hers to him that's incredible and then further down the line that one didn't take anymore so uh-huh. he got another one and then he had a third by my cousin uh who's my the same the, the daughter of uh, my aunt uh-huh. obviously uh-huh. that right. uh, originally donated to him so he lived a little bit longer after that but you, you got to like realize that all those things that you have when you have something like, uh, I don't think people realize it, things like mm. renal failure are like just detrimental to your system. Yeah, absolutely. Because now you're getting, you have to, you you live on prescription drugs that you right. need to keep everything going, but you have one to cover this one, this one to counteract that one. I yeah. mean, the guy was taking a dozen different pills a day just to Man. keep everything kind of normal. And, right, but right. He, he was a tough son of a bitch. So he, he stuck around for a bit. He did. Like, he really, yeah. he really, he really pushed it, man. Um, so I'm really proud of that. But for a minute there she was kind of uh when that happened uh <laughs> she was that's like that's not an easy situation no. she's like hey, hey and by the way i yeah. know maybe we're just kind of dating i yeah. know we haven't probably even had that conversation yet yeah there's <clears throat> a personal loss in my life yeah uh, so yeah i was out of town i was up in dallas that's where they were living mm-hmm. and uh she was like hey you were supposed to call me we were supposed to like kind of do something what's going on i was like yeah. oh you know i'm up in dallas well what are you in dallas for i was like well uh you know this happened yeah and it's just like radio silence for a while it's just like i don't i don't even know what to i don't even know what to tell i like i can't even i can't even be close to you like yeah like and she was kind of hurt by that but uh, wait because she wants she obviously wanted to move forward right she's like you're a good guy this is something promising she had a string of really shitty boyfriends were right some of them shitty as in bad people and some of them just like the word loser is kind of strong but bad luck like really bad luck guys well i mean it happened that happens (laughs) a lot and uh I guess she kind of felt kind of weird. Uh, she has her own weird superstitions, being like, "Fuck, I got another broken one." Like, I like I, it's either I either have I either have bad luck or I'm just like a curse to like every guy that I date. I, what am I a fucking like? Uh, what what are the, the the things that moths go to? Those yeah. are buzzers. Yeah, right? they just they're just flocking to me. What is the yeah. deal? So for a minute there, yeah, she was kind of okay. You know, uh, a little bit apprehensive. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, let me know as soon as you get back into town. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I was up there for about, you know, 48 hours. And um, I had called called into my job to be like, hey, this sort of thing, uh, something's happened. Yeah. Emergency. I'm not going to be able to make it in for a little while. And at the time, like, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, we just closed down. I was like, I was working well, at this little shitty restaurant. Great. Yeah, it was good. But it was <laughs> was this like, in Austin? Or? It was in Austin. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm uh, actually curious as to what shitty little restaurant closed down on it a was, whim. <laughs> Bennigan's. It was they, Bennigan's. Michael it was close to a Bennigan's yeah. and it was on a frontage road. So, you know, oh, okay, far there, off. We there we go. Yeah. <laughs> same, same vibe, same uh, tacky decor. Was it, I, I remember hearing a while ago that there was just a sign posted on the window and that was noticed to everybody. Do you remember that shit? About what? Yeah. Like, no, that that's, they didn't even talk to anybody. They just put a big, oh, wow. they bolted that's everything it? up, the front doors, put a flyer on the window and that was it 
people just showed up to work to a yeah and like oh Sorry. wait i can't get in what what's what's no. going on here so yeah at any rate so yeah you're like well i'm kind of laid off now yeah i'm kind of f- sort of free in a way i was yeah. broke to begin with and i was like well fuck it anyways yeah I mean, well I, yeah who cares I'll off right? a credit card for a little while this is kind of more important sure and uh so i i called it when i got back into town like i said i would and mm-hmm. uh that's so one of the craziest things when you go through like kind of a, a situation like that where you're going, th- you go through like a, a very immediate family funeral. Yeah. You yeah. have a ton of family coming from out of town and friends and stuff like that. It's just busy and crazy as shit. Yeah. And it's really it's almost not set up for mourning. It's set up for logistics. It's right. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just like, well, we're going to get through this because we got to do the paperwork and we got to get the body in the ground, yes. blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. And it's, and it's something that's really kind of, you know, touching and beautiful to that is that when, you know, all those people come together, mm-hmm. um, for one very specific, you know, cause and reason right, right. Um, that affects everybody's life, um, and especially somebody immediate's life, you know, the immediate family as well. Yeah. Um, that's that support net is, and when I look back at it, is is fucking incredible. Um, was your family is famous close for the most part? Yeah, very close. My dad, and that was another thing is like my dad was sort of kind of a glue between a lot of different families and friends yeah. from for years and years and years and decades and. Um, people i hadn't talked to old friends i hadn't seen since high school like Mm. it's such a weird it's such a surreal situation people are getting off of planes that you haven't talked to or seen since you were a kid and then like you know the phone we know each other still like you're constantly ringing like 50 pounds heavier than i remember it's fucking nuts it's crazy yeah and um it's just kind of like uh it's uh it's really fascinating Mm-hmm. and uh touching when you talk about kind of like love and family and all that yeah. stuff is that is um that so was brought, you brought everybody proof. close together Closer it really together, did which is like it was a it was a it was a a, a very like a hallmark in all of our lives at yeah. some point that this thing that could have happened several times because he got sick several different times and, right, and was right. on the brink a couple of times it pulled through um that we all kind of inevitably knew was going to happen mm-hmm. in our lifetime yeah um finally happened and it's the strangest thing that everybody rallied around it and everybody was strong enough for one another mm-hmm. and um and actually in the end of it it was it was very it was really um beautiful to sit around and talk you know just a lot of stories about stuff like recant the great and, tales right yeah, yeah good tales wonderful. and then catching up with old family and it's friends. not always like that yeah you know it's it's sometimes it becomes contentious people think about the will it's, yeah. it becomes a very dark place i know when my my grandma passed like that became a, a cash grab for the kids oh, you God. know it's fucking it's terrible and i'm just like I, I i worry i personally worry and i love my brother to death but if my parents pass or not if but when they pass are he and i gonna just bitch about the money because it, sometimes it feels like that's all that really matters to him Hmm. And that to think that there's this pure event that happens, it brings people together and people are just remembering him and thinking about the good times and really becoming closer. That is a true, genuine experience. And that's mm-hmm. wonderful to hear that happen. Absolutely. So you're, let's presume you're in mourning, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're a good guy. Were you guys close? Oh, very much. Yeah. Um, it, you know, as, as it is just growing up, um, right. you know, as, um, you know, as a kid, you was know, it, prob- this was in El Paso? No, this is in Dallas. Oh, okay. Paso, okay. Dallas. You My parents in- moved away to, D- to Dallas uh, a long time ago. Got it. Okay. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like being a kid, I kind of went, 
I bounced back and forth a little bit like, as a small child like I was mm. really attached to my mother but as I kind of was coming of age like uh like you know seven through like you know 14 is probably a good safe he, place because 15 totally you hate your formative. parents it, no that those early teens <laughs> yeah. you're feeling awkward yeah. some, there's some sprouting yeah. if you will oh yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah he was he was there for me and we did a lot of stuff would you guys do like a I think about I talked to a couple of people. Music's a really big bonding factor. Was mm-hmm. music a big bonding factor for you guys, or did you go out like to parks, play catch? What does that look like? We did, a, you know, we did a lot of that stuff. Music, at least in the house, yeah, is is funny because you know, people be like, "How do you know a lot?" I mean, because you so, seem like you're pretty good about music. Like, you I love a music. Good background so in it, yeah. it was a thing that would happen, like whatever room one parent was in or the other mm-hmm. you know my mom is you know from the valley she's hispanic yeah like it was like the oldie station yeah. and like my dad you know like white guy from upper valley and shit like that <laughs> it was like classic rock yeah and then i have an old brother who's Fog six horn. years two totally like <laughs> two for tuesdays Led yes, Zep, like yes. the whole thing like that's it was always playing in the garage yeah would and, you say your mom was like a neil diamond guy and your dad was like a <laughs> Steve Miller guy. Maybe I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm just That's, trying to pan it. You know. You're, now you're making me think about what with the, with the kind of the differ on. Um, There's that glossy, shiny pop, you know. Yeah. And then there is that like dude with the fucking soul patch. But it's right. it's kind of like, and it's and it's really sweet. Like growing up and being in the car with them, and like mm-hmm. you know they'll be playing like a song will come on, and like they'll perk up and be like, oh. This reminds me of uh, this mm. one boy uh, I was in elementary school with. He <laughs> liked me so much. He stole this record for me and mm. my mom made me give it back. And I was so mad at her. And she like carried that anger forever. Oh. Like, like, and like she didn't like the guy very well, the kid very what much. What does it but, matter? Yeah. It's about the record. You yeah. got a free record. And Shit. then my dad like would be like, you know, same situation, driving the car, listening yeah. to the radio. And it's like, man, I remember when I got this Sabbath album. Oh, it was great. We went down to the lake and. Hung out, had a girl, oh, girlfriend's there. I was like, and I was like, smoked a lot of weed. He's like, no, 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 no. My dad told me. Was, was your mom like, no, oh, don't, don't talk about that? Yeah. yeah. She knew, but he was just going to do it anyway. Right. I mean, you, you know, you find out things as you get older with your parents and stuff. I know? caught him smoking weed one time when I was a teenager with his buddies. How was that? Was that a, a shocking experience? Or like, dude, I already knew. I, I just, d- would you share it already? You know, when you're a kid, you figure some things out that you don't understand quite yet. Right, right, and right, right. Like you smell funny. Yeah. Why does like, it smell why does, like? Why does Dad weird? and his buddies they go outside and like it's twenty degrees mm-hmm. and they come inside and they smell like a campfire. They smell <laughs> weird, and they're both just like, hey. just like it's cool, man. You You'll figure it out. You don't know, but you know yeah, somewhere yeah. inside. You, you know. totally the point of differentiation. It's like why is Dad different? Also. Yeah, <laughs> but they're cool. They're ultra cool, right? For sure. Yeah. So did, did you yeah. we talk about music a little bit before like playing you know we playing music and did your dad play anything? Yeah, my dad played uh but dad played guitar oh, cool. and a little bit of piano. Yeah. Um, did he ever was he jamming in bands and stuff when he was older? I mean, he was kinda... younger, but he kind of just screwed around in his own time. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Um, he was in he was in you know the medical field, so he barely had time to like like sales or was he a doctor? No, or? he was a cardiologist. Oh no shit. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So in the valley still. Or in Dallas? In El Paso. Oh, El Paso, yeah, he, cool. He, he did that for probably like 18 years. No kidding. Uh, yeah. My brother was... Uh, my mom never really picked up any um, uh, instruments, honestly. Mm-hmm. she I don't think she 
Actually, she tried to pick up the piano once, and it, it was a disaster. It's way too heavy to pick up piano. Yeah, man. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but it, psh, yeah. Psh, yeah. my my brother actually he was like the gifted one in the family as far as music uh, music goes. Younger he, or older? Older. He's six years older than me. Okay. How, uh, how old is he? He I am. He just turned forty this year. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, a cellist for about eighteen years. No way. Yeah. He actually was um, the youngest member uh, living in El Paso. I mean. You, judge it on its own merits or anything but he was yeah. the youngest he was at 15 years old he was playing with the El Paso Symphony Harmonic that's incredible he was just like kind of this oddball like it, it was a combination of your mom and dad kind of encouraging to do it or he just took it up on his own he kind of took it up on his own like yeah. they just supported him enough and he just became obsessed with it no kidding and just would just practice like is that what he does now no not anymore that's a funny uh another funny story yeah uh, with all that stuff my brother was a cellist for a very long time and um you know good 18 years and mm-hmm. um uh, <clears throat> had enormous potential um, to to go to college and all that good stuff. Right. And he Get had, like a scholarship for being a cellist and all that. Everything, man. Yeah. He had like he had teachers and people wanted to sponsor him. There, no way. There was this like community of like mentors that like adored him. That's and cr- that's amazing. My brother, yeah. Here's the so what's, good yeah, part. Yeah. So what happened? The, the, <laughs> the, the, the butt. Yeah. My brother uh, in a what's what's. The easiest way to say, he, he was a he was a high school dropout. He just gave was up. Was he really? Yeah, he totally dropped out of high school. He no became shit. troubled for his own reasons. Started drinking and smoking and being an asshole. You know, Listen got- to the Smiths. That drives so many goddamn people. It does, right? It drives people <laughs> I don't know how to, you like, I don't know how you figure that out, but <laughs> you hit it right on the fucking nose. Like tell you Morrissey somehow encourages people to realize like. Man, the world is not what I wanted it to be. Have I told you my brother listened to the... the no. no. It's just obvious. I'm just guessing. That's... You fucking nailed it. That's kind of crazy. People in El Paso, from what I understand, <laughs> and I love this, yeah. they love Depeche Mode, mm-hmm. which I cannot be happier with, and they love the Smiths. Yeah. So so he just is like, fuck all. He, right? yeah, and he just man. gives it up. He just kind of fucking rebelled for no good no reason. Shit. All that good stuff. Did he turn around, more or less? Eventually. Yeah. Uh, there's, there were some hard <laughs> lessons in it, but... Uh, yeah, man, he went off on his own. He started, you know, he was, I guess he was too kind of convinced of his own prodigy and genius and just right. kind of fell off, you know, kind of. Much like Morris. tracks. Sure. There is a parallel. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe he did identify with a lot. He still, yeah. he wasn't a vegan or anything, but he smoked and drank and was kind of um, developed himself a good, uh, a good drinking habit. Yeah. Uh, though I could just call it straight up alcoholism. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, potato potato it happens yeah, yeah. well i mean he wasn't you know he wasn't he wasn't drinking he wasn't going out good and spending money on good hooch you know he right. was just stank buzzed constantly good good like, for him for bottle- being <laughs> thorough oh yeah you see him walking out with a little bottle of water and he's like oh hey can i have some of that water you pick it up off the table and you drink it you're like this is oh. fucking vodka dude he's like God. oh that's my drink you know like like he was so th- does he still drink no or he stopped so, uh, did he find the lord and savior jesus christo that sorta, happens a lot to people. Sort of. Uh, some people have to do it, I guess. Yeah. He, uh, he, he, he dealt with something a little bit more traumatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was living in uh, Arizona and um, going back and forth and just doing odd jobs and yeah. just, you know, getting really, you know, getting really wasted and playing his cello late, late into the night and just okay. being, being, brilli- <laughs> that, yeah. being brilliant or whatever. <laughs> being brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no, he really was fucking talented. And I, I bet. Yeah. I bet. It but, sounds uh, like it. He went out at night. He didn't have a car anymore because he, uh, you know, having the uh, issues that he had, uh, had a couple of DUIs on, on file. So, right, right. And his car fell apart. So he started riding his bike everywhere and going mm-hmm. out in the town. He was living in, 
Phoenix or like man, in, I used to in, live in Phoenix, Tempe, Arizona. Yeah, Tempe. Yeah. Uh, and um, you know, went out late at night, had a good time, rode mm. his bike home, uh, crossed the street against a red, and got nailed by a truck. Oh shit! Like bad. Like he uh, he what, got what to, happened? Um, he basically ended up in the front seat with the uh, driver. As a matter oh, of fact, sh- uh, they nailed the shit out of him, and he practically died. He was in a coma for a good week, I wow. think, or maybe more. Had a couple of cranio- craniotomies. They cracked his head open uh-huh. because uh-huh. he was bleeding so bad, and right. uh, you know, was more or less on his deathbed for a while. But somehow, miraculously, came back. Yeah. Uh, crazy, horrible, tragic irony of the whole thing is yeah, getting hit. Um he broke his collarbone and his clavicle on uh-huh. and uh dislocated a ton of nerves right. to his okay. fingering arm oh no so uh, basically everything from his shoulder his to left, his elbow arm, right? doesn't work yeah oh my gosh the mo- it doesn't work at all it's all atrophy yeah his hands and his forearms still work but he cannot physically pick up his arm to his face no kidding yeah so it's done the cello career is done just like that he I mean, that is a everything he puts. That's like towards. a fable, right? It's, right. <laughs> you have everything at your disposal. You have the skills. You have the physical capacity to do this. Yeah. And you don't leverage it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it goes away. Addiction's a crazy fucking thing, man. Crazy, your priorities man. get really fucked up, you know? Yeah. Just, oh, absolutely. So. So, but I imagine that was a sobering moment. I I hope it was a sobering. Yeah. Moment. No. Um. Going through that, all that trauma and stuff, he. I guess his body finally broke away mm-hmm. from the chemical yeah, yeah. addiction. Wow. Um, so that was huge. But, uh, you know, it being family, he, he moved back t- uh, to Texas mm-hmm. and, um, you know, moved back in with my parents. My dad was kind of sick at the time. And I wasn't going to have my mom, like, take care of my dad and my fucking oh, brother. Man, so so much. Yeah. I had to, like, stick around, you know, and had to i wanted to i had to right. be there for my mom especially well, no, I mean, that's totally a lot of work sense. yeah it's a whole lot of work so those first couple of years are pretty bad and you were and, still totally in el paso mm-hmm. just you're putting your head down trying to go to college work, and right? do work and have a normal life and yeah. girlfriend and all that shit like that did it work out for you um eventually it did like yeah. you know i eventually moved away he kind of got on his own feet for a while mm. i moved away and uh so what's he is he doing well now he's fine now he's great he's great. married he's normal he's boring like the rest of us see there you go uh, <laughs> don't drink anymore <laughs> it's, a, it's a good alternative yeah to, to not being interested a drunk. yeah he finally kind of came to terms with all of that or shed or molted whatever the whatever that fucking morrissey teen angst and shit that he right. carried around yeah, the yeah, yeah. pit of his stomach for years and mm-hmm. just poured booze on top of it yeah i think it finally Which snapped like out of him it. yeah did it or well i think came it out it, of him God, I don't want to. I don't want to discount it. It's a phase for some of us, but it the the self loathing and kind of the introspection and relating to Morrissey, who doesn't. He still to this day has not found his place in the world. Mm-hmm. He hasn't come out. I I I have good on good authority that he's got a partner. Has had one for a long time. It's still like, is Morrissey even happy with himself? You know, <laughs> like is he or is he just the soldier for the the cause of having this cognitive dissonance with oneself i don't know you gotta wonder it just kind of just at this point it's got to be genuine it's got to be coming from somewhere or that he's just really good at waving a flag for a very long time Um, well i mean he stays true to it still vegetarian still a prickly son of a bitch staunch Staunch vegan vegetarian absolutely absolutely yeah he's 
so many stories. Yeah, there's lots of about his <laughs> staunchism being Morrissey. There was like I think there. I go back real quick. There was one of my roommates at one point here in Austin. He was at some garage sale and he bought this pedal. He's a guitar player. He's like, oh, I found this pedal for like ten bucks. And so, oh, cool. You know, uh, who was the guy? Was a family or something? He's like, no, it was Morrissey's Guitar Tech. <laughs> And I was like, are you giving, are what? you fucking with me? He's like, nah, he, he, he quit because he didn't much care for him, you know? But yeah, it's, it's, it's got a little piece of Morrissey with him. Absolutely. Yeah. Always gets a piece of he Morrissey probably with him. Brushed it one time. Yeah. So what, so you ended up yeah. obviously doing the God's, God's work and watching your brother, making sure your dad's doing okay in El Paso. Yeah. 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 Uh, what eventually brought you to Austin? Uh, have you ever been to El Paso? I've yes. Okay, it's very windy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couple of days out of the year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I just, you know, I got a lot of dear friends and family out there. I just knew living there, I was never. I felt it was the the, the small fishbowl syndrome. I was right. like, I was never going to be able to, you know, spread out a little bit and learn from everybody else. You yeah. know, it's very kind of very conservative town in the way that it 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 it's it's for it's a it's a good place to raise a family mm-hmm. and a nice mellow simple life right. you know it's I, a good I, place but it's not a good place to be ambitious maybe i don't i don't really think so yeah it's it's you know like the tallest nail kind of gets hammered down like right, you get a right. lot of the people don't like good, heavy ambition out there yeah you, you gotta belong thing, to the group it's a different down. Com- yeah it's a different community it's a group yeah. community where everybody kind of does all on the same and and that's cool and somebody kind of stands a little bit more it's kind of like either people they either love you or hate you for it and i guess Mm -hmm. that's a sort of human nature in a way i suppose yeah but and 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 that too is kind of like i wanted to be able to get out of there because i already culturally felt like stagnated like i knew what was gonna (laughs) i could i could sort of predict the future what i was gonna do yeah what was it uh, what was it looking like if you you stayed there what would you what were you gonna do you know end up shacking up and Having a couple having of puppies, and... yeah, and I I love that idea. I'm I'm not against it. I'm, I'm right. you know, <clears throat> I'm kind of stony up front, but um, you know, deep down, I'm kind of a I'm a I'm a sappy romantic son of a bitch. Is like that, the, like the wedding so... yesterday. It's why I don't yeah. go to weddings and stuff like that. It's, it was, it's hard. One, I I can't be on all the time. Yeah, you have to be, and you have to run into people and like oh, have man, something okay. to say. And I have nothing today. Right. You know, and then, and two is like, you know, the truth is like, I see some event like, you mm-hmm. know, uh, David and Joe's wedding yesterday. And I'm just like, I'm cool, man. This is good. It's nice. Oh no, it's beautiful. Sweat ceremony. <clears throat> I mean, oh, oh. so, mm-hmm. so here, here, here oh, that's, that's, yeah, you're absolutely right. Not only was it for any wedding, an amazing, beautiful wedding in which two people that have wonderful personalities obviously complement each other. Mm-hmm. That's that's already the case, right? But not only that, but for both of them to make to to keep with it and being able to legislatively overcome the boundaries that Texas set forth, mm-hmm. right? To see it through and be able to be recognized mm-hmm. for something that is a union that's so simple. Love is simple, man. I mean, it's complicated being, it's complicated being in love, but love itself is very simple. And to watch these two people just be able to love each other and be recognized, that is so profound and so wonderful Mm -hmm. and could not have happened to to better people, (laughs) builded just in a a wonderfully 
simple but yet elegant presentation of love and the ceremony and I I loved it, man. It was good, and and I, so I, I thought, it punched I, me in the gut, man. That's yeah, you. it, it did. really punched me. And there me was the people, gut. you know, like I'm not gonna say who it was, but there was some outpouring of emotion, and for me, I just couldn't wipe the fucking smirk off my face. Yeah. I was so happy for them both, you know. Yeah. They're they're just wonderful people, and it was great to share that moment with them. Yeah, you know, and that's great, and so it's good. To hear that somehow there's this duality with you, Michael, that, <laughs> that, that you know, family is, is a great thing. Having kids, being in love. I feel like sometimes there's a hardness to being in the industry. You play hard. You work long hours. You're smoking to deal with things. You're drinking to deal with things. But at the center of it, at the core of it, we all really just want we want that love and we want that connection. What else is there? You and know, <laughs> exactly. Because at the end of the day, like everything, the, you get fired, the world burdens down. What are you going to do in those final moments? You're going to sit there and you're going to embrace the person that you love. And that's it. That's all that matters. That's it's reduced to that moment. And that's it, you know, and <laughs> we can say, well, I want to be successful. I want to be rich and all this shit, but really it doesn't matter. And some people are just fighting that. It's yeah. chasing them that 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 urge to be loved and to love somebody, and you know this is not supposed to be some kind of. You kind of come touching back on the Smiths again, right? I'm, I'm oh here. Jesus, yeah. I'm thinking of double decker Shop buses right now. of the world unite, man. Yeah. Uh, double decker bus is crashing. What can shit, I man. Say? So you made your way to Austin. What was the what was the first gig you had here in town? Uh, what did I do? Um, actually, yeah, I worked at a uh, said. Um, small restaurant mm -hmm. that closed mm. down. I mean, when my dad died, it was a small little kind of part-time thing. Yeah. I, I interviewed, like, I basically, I showed up to Austin. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a place to stay. And then like the day before I left, I was sort of like, Hey guys, so-and-so blah, blah, blah. I'll see you. I should be in town by four o'clock. And they go like, Oh, um, you know, that room, our friend might not be leaving to Philadelphia oh, for another no. month. Um, I might be, I was like, just fuck off really? so i just hung up god damn it i yeah. called i called an old high school friend who lived here or excuse me that's one of the best Sorry, perks of this is that yeah. we get to drink whiskey while we're doing it yeah and i i just i hold my <laughs> mouth to the side yeah when i'm uh you know so eloquently yeah yeah but I, so so the yeah. the first place the yeah. first couch or whatever yeah. falls through yeah and then you eventually lock in and you have a high school friend or something. Like yeah, that I, find, I, find a, I find an old friend from high school. We yeah. were really tight in high school. Hadn't seen him since. It'd been years and years. And um, mm -hmm. just kind of was sort of like, hey, man, what are you doing? And I, like, I'm in Austin. Yeah. But anyway, do you know anybody who needs a roommate? And, you know, he's like, oh, actually, I'm about to, you know. And I'm just oh, like, oh, good. oh, do tell, you know. I'm like, do I had a feeling, you know. I was like, oh, I high school you, friend. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking and yeah, yada, yada, yada. So it worked up out. Here. Yeah, it totally worked out. Uh, shitty roommate and uh, and that ended up being Matthew McConaughey it right? did yes the, your roommate yes he, those are my bongos by the way they didn't fucking <laughs> stole son of a bitch so what was uh, the first like so you're you're doing service like yeah. when you were in El Paso were you doing food service stuff or were you working different places totally I mean I had my like odd jobs when I was you know a teenager right. and I ended up landing a, a a way to get a small cafe that was very very popular mm -hmm. in, in El Paso uh, and uh, it was basically, <clears throat> I'd you know, obviously never waited a table in my fucking life. Yeah. 
And, but my mom knew the owner and it was sort of like, yeah, okay, these are the hours. And the hours worked perfectly with what I was trying to deal with. Oh, it was basically great. a daytime cafe. Yeah. But I was basically the entire front of the house. I was the host, the busser, and the waiter. And there <laughs> was like 20. Did you put on a different hat? Like no. Put on the mustache for I, one? Hello. I didn't have then... fucking time, dude. That place would fill <laughs> was it packed? up. It was 20 yeah. tables. Uh-huh. And I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And right. Like... I have, you know, like they have those weed nightmares that everybody has that's ever worked in the industry where you wake up just going like, oh, no, we're out of orange juice. And like, and like your girfriend and boyfriend's like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? You're like, I just, oh, just go get some or- orange juice. You're having the orange up. juice nightmare again? Yes, we're out of, oh, God, that oh. sucked, man. It's traumatizing. But was it defining? Because I imagine you can't do that. You can't endure that stuff without learning a bit from it. I learned a shit ton. Yeah. I, I also learned, I learned that I like... Uh, being very busy like i had mentioned before i'm yeah. pretty type a multitasker mm-hmm. i got really good at it really quickly and i started making money and having a good time and you know then i switched over to another restaurant and uh started you know one day basically um uh, one of the bartenders got fired that day i was opening i was like mm-hmm. opening server staff and um bartender the head bartender walked in went to the office heard some arguing and then that he exchange. walked out and he drove off <laughs> yeah. and the uh, the owner proprietor rather walked out and he just kind of looks at me he's like oh you know how to pour a beer i'm just like yeah of course you know like yeah all right well get, you're you're, you're bartending bag, today Phillips. get in there <laughs> get in there like, get, get in off the bench kid. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh that was pretty much the beginning of the kind of professional bar career was it was it interesting i mean did you think about flavors and combining flavors you think about spirits at that point or back it was just then, kind of starting to form oh back then nobody gave a shit it was like no one cared jack yeah. and coke and bud light and, right you know it was the dark ages still the dark ages the indeed, uh, powdered yeah. margarita mix Ugh. and the frozen margarita but machines and shit. shit yeah yeah that's so where i came through but austin maybe not promised but it offered an alternate i mean fucking austin's an oasis right so obviously why not come to austin Mm -hmm. so what was your first you you worked at the spot that just without any notice laid you off essentially Mm -hmm. did you were you thinking about going back to el paso at that point were you saying well i gotta stay in austin i'm here now what am i gonna i just kind of stuck it out yeah (laughs) i was already kind of digging my little my tiny little trench right. already. I was like, I already started digging kinda, your feet in the ground. Yeah. Like yeah. I just moved to a new town. I finally have like a small network of friends that mm-hmm. I dig and like, I've got the know. haircut that I like. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like people are like, nobody recognizes me when I go back to El Paso. Like what <laughs> yeah. change, man? Like your hair is like parted differently. I'm What's like, the deal. You've been dude, listening to Morrissey, man. Yeah, dude. No, I don't. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, in, you know, at night in the dark, maybe, but no, I don't drive <laughs> yeah. around listening to more. These tears didn't start themselves. Yeah, dude. So what was the first gig that really made you think, well, alcohol is a legitimate quality thing. It's not just some powder somewhere that people are getting fucked up on. Some powder that people are getting fucked up. Well, uh, sorry, oh, shit, I'm still, sorry. Yeah, no, my, I was, not, my, I was like, I, it's El Paso. I think there's about? lots of uh, lots know. of drugs passing through. No, but there's bound to be that moment where he said, "Mixology, God forbid the term, is sure. a thing." Mm-hmm. Like, where did that start to take take force for you? Um, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna totally validate this, but um, my dad's side of the family, I mm-hmm. was the pretty much there were there were two you know, a couple of siblings, um, and then me. And mm-hmm. so like we do this family outings, July 4th barbecues, blah, blah, blah. My, right, my aunt right. lives in this huge 
this huge ranch out in like uh in, in Canyon Texas is right by the New Mexico border mm-hmm. and uh we go out there you know for barbecues and shit like that and I'm yeah. just the absolute youngest person there like by decades probably oh wow so yeah. I'm kind of alone in that situation sure. but it's cool you gotta fend you gotta do something right yeah you gotta do so something there's a swimming to... pool uh-huh. I get to swim all day and eat hot dogs and shit yeah and then um you know I can have as many sodas as I want sure and uh, those are those those rare days like I'll how many, how many Dr. Pets have you had? Like four? Like, okay, that's fine. You know, like, it's <laughs> a special six. occasion. But, you know, I became the, I be, I'm, the, I'm the youngest. I became the fucking beer and drink right. fetcher. Yeah. You know what I mean? As you are yeah. as a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, at some point, uh, my aunt had a, had a dry and wet bar. It was a really dope house she had. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, you know, grandpa gets too fucked up and he can't get out of his seat. He's like, oh, hey, rattles the glass. Hey, go make me another old fashioned. You know what I mean? And like Making double cherries. You know, no kidding. No shit. No shit. They how taught me how to you? make old fashions and martinis. You're the was... youngest one there, the smallest one there. About what? Eight, nine? Yeah, eight, eight. Between eight and ten years old. It's insane. So I was making old fashions and martinis for my grandfather. <laughs> you should be able to make an insanely tasty martini and old fashioned. With well, the now I can. I mean, the the way they did it back then is a little different now. Yeah. Like we have, I would say, like we have standards now. But right. you know, as as far as drinking culture has evolved. You know, I, we don't muddle a bunch of cherries and oranges and right, top right. it with club soda anymore. But that's like how they pounded it yeah. in back in the day. Man, that's a, that's a great experience, though. In yeah. a sense, like looking back at it, it seems like a pretty clear calling. You <laughs> right? know, either that or you're going to be a butler. But butlers aren't that yeah. big now, you know? No, man. They, butlers get paid better. That's for fucking sure. Uh, that's, yeah, that's um, a good point. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, they just kind of... Uh, you know, to be honest with you, like it's just being bored and the kid and being like, oh, hey, who needs another thing? Yeah. You know, I was like, you know, honestly, I've, I've thought about this many times. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I've, I've fucking I've fucking been making drinks and bartending since I was a fucking child. I'm 34 years old that's now. Ins- but that's per- it's perfect. It's a perfect <laughs> background. I guess so. Yeah. It worked out, I guess. Um, was there a moment where you were making an old fashioned or martini? You're like everything's come full circle man 10 years 10 what well, no it's even more than 10 years but that it all became clear it wasn't like an epiphany moment i, it I just, was trying to make it dramatic from for like sure. Steven spielberg framing the scene i should have paused a little longer sorry ding ding there's like uh, bright little <laughs> shining things in your eyes there's no it just became it, it just felt like a rhythm of life at that point yeah i kind of was like this is something i'm really fond of yeah and i get to they get paid to do it when did you end up at cowboy when yeah well, uh it's been about three years i mean a long fucking time for yeah. for industry job people yeah those three, three years is pretty it's a long time um but i overlapped from highball over to midnight cowboy oh you were at highball too mm-hmm. the one ahead. before they redesigned it on there, Lamar? Yeah, the, the old originally i was no a head bartender kidding. there as well those old fashions with the Buffalo Trace, mm-hmm. that was still one of my favorite drinks. Yeah. Just quickly, my business partner and I, we would, I, I was talking to Lady about this the other night, the original highball, great bar setup, cool lanes and all this. It's really nice now too. We'd sit at the bar and we'd say, man, if only someday I knew the guy that like served these drinks and that stocked this bar, like maybe someday our gin will be at that bar. So highball is actually a very, very formative place for us. Mm-hmm. And so you were over there in that original. Same as well. Yeah. I learned a lot there. Um, it was a great spot, man. Yeah. It still is a great spot, but. It was one of the, I would say like, uh, and that was shit. That's that was a while six, ago now. Six years ago when I started there. Six, seven, almost yeah. seven years when I started. Oh, wow. Uh, it was about 09. 
Begin, it was beginning of Ochen. Getting um, it, getting <clears throat> it entrenched in the draft house yeah. uh, culture, the, right? Yeah. Well, the the thing back then at Highball is at least like we were kind of a separate entity. Oh, really? Like, okay. Yeah. We we lived under the the parent, the umbrella company. of right, the Alamo right. Corporation or LLC, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But, uh, excuse me. <clears throat> it's gonna be a little bit of that. Um, it's that beer, but man. we were we were left to yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of beer today. Uh, we <laughs> kind of were left to our own kind of devices. It's one yeah. of those kind of weird league brainchilds, like just go for it. Yeah. It was doing fine for itself. And that's kind of the way it's been great with Cowboy cocktails, for a long time. Yeah. It was like great. we kind of left to our own devices yeah. for a long time. Was that your first kind of big, nice, because Alma, wonderful experience for movies, but also like doing a great job with 400 Rabbits, mm-hmm. Highball, all that stuff. Was that kind of the first big time gig? If I would call it that, where there's some money behind the company, they're giving you some freedom. Totally, yeah, and and just showing up there. Our our bar manager at the time uh, was this guy uh, Ryan Shabby, who's actually the the head. Uh, I guess he's the general manager now at the South Lamar store. He's been with the company oh, cool. forever. Yeah, um, but he jumped over when Highball got open, and he got involved with that, and he mm-hmm. became the bar manager almost immediately. And uh, started kind of like riffing on stuff that he was learning from other bars, from other cities and books and stuff. He was doing his own research. And, you know, I was kind of at a point where I was at my other job and I was like fucking tired of it. Same old shit. And I, I, uh, I, I called his wife and been like, hey, does your husband by chance need anybody like I fucking hate my life. How'd you meet him then? How'd you know him? Oh, his, his, uh, I worked for his wife actually at another restaurant. Oh, okay, cool. So I just called her and she's like, oh yeah, let me, uh, and then she just vouched for me. She made it happen. And I just showed up and he was like, yeah, cool. So this is what we do. And I thought it was having an interview, but he was just kind of like feeling me out. He's like, cool, well, I'll I'll see you next week. And I was like, okay. What does that mean? I got a job. job? (laughs) Was that what, that was it, right? And then like, I kind of was like, okay, well, uh, sure. And he just kind of did that, like, kind of like, you know, old school, (laughs) welcome aboard. And he like shook my hand real sternly. And I was like, yes, (laughs) sir. Young young man, welcome to the staff, young man. Totally, yeah. Yeah, but that was great, man. They gave me a chance. Um, I'm I'm forever uh, kind of... indebted to them for just giving me a chance to do that because mm-hmm. i probably i wouldn't say i i wouldn't have ever gone that kind of like heavier mix, mixology route maybe i might have ended up in brewing or something which you know may or may i should not so, have yeah. done so where do you find yourself do you find yourself as this construction guy that wants to make <clears throat> a complicated cocktail with lots of ingredients are you a pleaser like John, John or Paul, you know, <laughs> yeah. like what, what, where do you find yourself? Like what's your philosophy on cocktails in general? As far as cocktails and, and hospitality, yeah. I mean, you know, at the, at the beginning and end of the day, it's, it's about, you know, it's about your guest experience. Mm-hmm. Really. I, I love uh, being able to have that leeway to do a lot of experimenting and, right. and there's just a wealth of knowledge out there and colleagues that I'm meeting all the time that, you know, I've I've never, I've never, you know, I feel good about where I'm at and where I've come yeah. and all the stuff I've I've, I've worked up for, um, but I've never really felt, you know, had a moment where I'm like, yeah, I got this. Yeah, I got this. Because you, you I can never stop learning. No, you can't. And you you never can feel too comfortable. That's yeah. what happens when people get like everybody in Goodfellas felt really comfortable before they got offed. So mm-hmm. don't ever feel too comfortable. No. Because there's someone just around the corner ready to fucking whack you. <laughs> so, I mean, seriously. Maybe metaphorically. Yeah. But, but just there's always that guy yeah. that's itching to just be the next you. Yeah. You know? And for it's sure. a little bit different for me behind the scenes, but I can't imagine in, in the bar bar world, man. It's a good place. But the, the one good thing about, I, th- 
I feel, mm. uh, at least about my industry that I understand, I'm sure it can probably apply to a lot of other uh, industries and jobs is, you know, going in every day and trying to have, um, not walking out with, you know, a prize, but you go in every day and uh, you really um, nail down everything you learned from the week before and you really yeah. put, put a lot of focus and effort towards that. And, uh, you know, you, you open strong and you finish strong every time. And then you kind of look back on it every day. Not every single day, but kind of like, okay. Yeah, well, I remember I, I fucked this up this day, but right. I also did really good at all this other stuff. But you plug along for a really long time. And, um, you know, one day you kind of look back on all that effort mm -hmm. and time that you put into it. And you go, oh, shit. Like, I know how to do all this shit. Yeah. I know all of these people. Uh, like I go to other cities right. and I don't, I don't ever go into another bar to like check it out and have a good time and be like, Oh, by the way, how, yeah. Oh, I'm from Midnight Cowboy, Austin, Texas. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, that bar is amazing. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. you know, I never say anything. Like people you don't have to, people drag it out of me. They like, so yeah. what do you do? I'm just like, oh, I'm just a bartender. That's right. And they go, Oh, what do you uh, wear? You I'm seem like, special, Austin. young man. I'm just like, no, I'm in Austin. You know, uh, what bar is a midnight? Oh, uh, I was like, <clears throat> you know, uh, a midnight cowboy. <laughs> like I'm still not comfortable. You're stuttering. Like it. I don't feel like that person and yeah. I never have. And I don't, I probably well, never good. will. You're a humble guy. I guess so. You know that's somewhat rare for some of the, the folks. Tell they, me about they it. They want to be <laughs> celebrities. Big. They want to be fancy. I, actually, how do you feel about that? That there are many people that don't want to put any dues in before they just open a bar up and think they're capable of doing it. They, they haven't earned their place in the right? industry. They, they've maybe earned their place as a, as a salesperson, and that's fine, yeah. but... Yeah, that's fine for you, but you were never really a bartender. Yeah. You never really set a really mega foundation within the industry on that side of the bar. Yeah. Um, so you think it's, in, I think it is. I mean, it's like apprenticeship. You yes. put in your hours, yes. you become an expert, Absolutely. and then you become master plumber, master mm -hmm. cobbler, all these things, master electrician. Mm -hmm. I've had, and I've had some employees in the past, excuse me. No. Fine. you know and and i'm i'm humbled and embarrassed to say these sort of things that you know i guess that is part of my nature go hey can i can i ask you would you feel weird if i asked to like apprentice under you and i go oh who the fuck am i <laughs> and they're like well i just i think you know more than i do so maybe i'll give it a try and i go okay well okay i'm flattered yeah. um and yes of course I'll, I'll teach you whatever i can sure um, but it's only happened about two, seven, two times. Um, but ask, you know, why don't you come back to me mm -hmm. and tell me your goals of what you hope to get out of this? Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll take it from there. Does that help you? Yeah. Well, I want to know what areas to sort of focus on. Cause if right. I, you know, I'm not a very good, I was never, I was always a good worker. Mm-hmm and a Maybe good leader, a good but I was never, I was always a shitty trainer because really? everything is important to me. Yeah. Like every detail is important to me. And I, I never figured out a systematic way to teach people how to, you know, on Monday we're going to do this and right, go from right. broad strokes to finer strokes. And, mm -hmm. and like, but you know, someday they'll be like, Oh, Oh, I noticed that, you know, whatever the fuck small detail. I'm yeah. Like, oh, very, yeah. Look at you got a fucking eye now. Are That's you getting great. better with it now? 
With me training? Yeah, being able to train. I'm trying. I have to be. I'm general manager of the goddamn place yeah, now. Yeah, what are you going to do now? It's like on, I, the crown is on your head, man. Yeah, dude. I just go in every day. <sighs> okay. And I have. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to be into that position now where I have a very positive attitude every day. Yeah. I get cranky at times, but I'm not half as mad as I was. When you're the head bartender, you're angry at everybody because not everybody's, you know, everybody's slacking off and that's yeah. you know johnny's job now i watched we put him into that position he's uh -huh. just like son of a bitch i need a cigarette you know it's like oh i used to be like that <laughs> i know what it's like but you know it, it gets better man it gets better don't it worry gets, about it it gets better it gets it's better totally you gotta hang better. in there um but you still love it like do, do you like do. being do you like operating in this capacity as a gm totally yeah um, did you uh was was it when brian left mm -hmm. yeah yeah very very wonderful i mean how did that feel to like replace the tall gentle giant <laughs> i'm gonna call him the gentle giant here Dude, yeah <laughs> i was like you know i tell everybody it's like look i can't you know we ha we're very different human beings yeah. and have very different uh managerial qualities mm. um i'm sure as fuck not gonna be as funny as that guy because <laughs> that guy has his golden moments and they happen <laughs> often i just right. have kind of general like i don't know if you can pull a beard off the same bullshit way no way that's for damn sure <laughs> uh but yeah man he was a he was a he was a fun guy he was really funny yeah uh big heart uh exceptionally patient sure and yeah, uh, he's, that was one of those things where it's like i don't know that i can make you mad i saw him get mad once that's right but like what after it was for about five, it was for about five seconds yeah, too yeah, yeah like uh i, I think the I patience of a, of a god in that guy right <laughs> but he almost had like this this kind of like old man reaction to it. i think i left a screw <laughs> like a cap off of something uh, and he picked it up and it spilled anywhere and, he's, <laughs> and it spilled everywhere you know kind of like the, like the old like you know pepper trick or whatever yeah, yeah. screen is like and it <laughs> yeah. kind of spilled everywhere and he was like god damn it <laughs> and i was like oh sorry dude that was me he's like that's Got, cool. He's like, mm, a little salt on me. And that, that was it. I was like, I just saw Brian get mad. You missed Jesus. it. Jesus. He said, God damn it. Like, like the genuinely. Guy that never flinches in the yeah. contest. <laughs> like, he, I guess he metabolizes it so fast. <laughs> me, I, I, I just have like a stomach ache for like an yeah. hour. I'm just like, son of a bitch. How do you, how do you feel? Like, so Minute Cowboy, which is <clears throat> shit, man, it's a really unique experience for, for drinking. And you guys have the cart, lots of good spirits, lots of good minds. Mm -hmm. How. How's the clientele there? It's very bit. Of, it's been a big mix mixed bag for me when I've been there. It's it's all over the map. Yeah. Um, mostly good, but you know we're also in the middle of downtown tourist trap, right, so right. you know it's gonna kind of. You got people who are going out for an experience sometimes, mm -hmm. and you have a lot of people who are going out to, um, you know. It's be, almost be like a tourist, a, you know, and yeah, have a good it, well, time. It's and, a way to. It's a one-upsmanship to it in a sense. Where it's like, dude, I know this place, mm -hmm. right? It's yeah. like in the midst of all this chaos. Did, there you was know? a little Thrillist article that I came out along. Did I've you want to talk about? I've seen many Thrillist artists, articles about y'all. Yeah. There's the, the one of the last ones. It says, uh, uh, "It was what is um, what does your favorite Austin bar say about you?" Kind oh, of thing. Okay. And we kind of was going down the list of all of them. There's a few of them that I frequent, and I was like, "Yeah, that's pretty good stuff." Yeah, and yeah. none of it was mean, or it was just sort of like just kind of like a little rib jab, like right, <laughs> right, right. right. We all live here and we all love these places. Yeah. But uh, the one that came to us uh, was ours. I didn't know we were on the list, but I just kind of was like, oh, look, we're on here. And I was like, oh, drum roll. What's going to say you know, about us? Because, you know, people, you know, with sort of speakeasy mixology type places have yeah. a love or hate for them. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just the way it's going to be. But um, he said, uh, it's like, uh, what did it say about Midnight Cowboy? It says, um, 
You've uh, you you claim to uh, yeah you claim this is your favorite bar in Austin of all time, but mm. odds are you could probably never find it again. <laughs> like, you've been there you've been there once and you'll probably never find it again. That's or some shit like that. Like, my that's, favorite that's part, like my favorite part about Midnight Cowboy, not to discount the amazing work being done, is that Jack Burton's on the goddamn goddamn he is up front, and he always will be as long I, as I'm there. One of the greatest characters of all time, mm-hmm. one of the greatest men of all time, Kurt Russell. <laughs> just to say. So what do you get? Uh, I think that. Was it maybe the the complication of, of doing cocktails and stuff that drew you to mezcal? Because you ended up working at Tobala, which is the premier experience, if you will, for a mezcal flight or a mezcal sure. mescalaria kind of experience on yeah. top of Whistler. Honestly, I can I can have a I have an honest pinpoint of when I had a moment of like like when it happened. Uh, when I was like I went like it, there's a thing when you with mezcal specifically yeah. but there's there's a thing that happens for a lot of people that you know drinking spirits or eating food or just mm-hmm. just kind of like those basic things in life where you're tasting and smelling things and right. especially with smell has you know like a lot of power into your past and oh, your memories yeah. you know it's oh it's stronger than taste it's intense yeah and uh, those three things kind of you know obviously get locked together but um um with mezcal, I always kind of dug. It's like, yeah, that's kind of crazy and whatever, mm. you know. I never really gave it, you know, I gave it a chance, but I was never like, I never had like this moment where I'm like, oh, it's pro- this is profound. Yes, <laughs> like just yeah. Shh, shh. <laughs> sure, I'm listening. I'm tasting. You're ruining my taste right now. Stop talking. <laughs> no, this is serious. Yeah. Did you do? You, do you taste that? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Actually, it was. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I was yeah I was working at Whistler's and they had not quite o- opened the, uh, the 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 mezcal bar but yeah. uh, Judah was in town oh yeah and he brought a bunch of stuff in and he and Matt Daniels came in uh-huh. and uh, we're sitting there and I showed up late because I was always late that was like my second job and Cesar mm. hated me for it I always snuck into <laughs> meetings and uh, I sat down and Matt Dan- with Matt Daniels and you know we're we're buds so we're just kind of like you know Judah's talking and doing the thing like I'm already missing all the stories but I've heard a good a good chunk of him and yeah he's, yeah. he's a very uh entertaining uh human being for sure he's a f- surfer yeah, for yeah dude he's a cool dude he's a cool guy he's a good he's a he's a very free spirit that's for, for sure. sure for sure so he's talking to all of them and i'm just kind of off in the corner with me and me and matt and matt's like Damn. and we're just kind of like being assholes like uh, like telling fart jokes or yeah whatever. well that's what and, matt's about yeah for sure man that's why i love him <laughs> matt from victory distribution just as an aside. yes yes yeah. uh good good stock man he's uh, great great and so, uh, he just starts grabbing all the mezcal bottles. He starts like pouring them. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is this. And we're just like, hey, what are you doing there? Uh, and we're just kind of like shit talking really quietly in the corner while Jude is talking. And everybody's like, you know, enthralled in his stories. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I, I'm obviously missed the bus. And oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's really great. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And he poured one. It was the first ensemble which, that they put together. What was the blend on that one? It was Espadín Coyote and Cerudo. Cerudo, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in clay or in copper? I want to say clay i think it's clay because i think it was, they were the first run tio rays right mm-hmm. yeah there's still some bottles say. in new york for yeah everybody i have a bottle of it jammed in the back of my cellar wherever it is because yeah, i don't yeah. want to touch it for a long time exactly it was one of those moments i, I drank it and i it just like stopped me in my tracks I'm yeah like, what the fuck is that this is better than it should be like I've, i i yeah. honestly felt something like in my heart move. right right i was like i don't and I kept like looking at it, like if I put it up to the sun, I just like I couldn't. This figure, is clear. This could be water. Mis- it was a yeah. mystery. I was yeah. I was just totally mystified by it. And Enchanting. Totally. And I was yeah. like, holy shit! Like, 
I like whiskey and gin and spirits like as much as the next person. Right. I have my, my favorites and stuff. But in a this. This mezcal changed different. my life. Yeah. It like, did. It, it does. plucked a heartstring. It does. I, what? I, we went, I finally, when we got to go to Oaxaca last year, got to spend some time on Acalino's Planque, hmm. understanding fermentation, got to work through a batch with Judah, proofing, all this stuff. Hmm. And the thing is, like, there's something about mezcal, and I, I love that it becomes this recurring thing at this conversation, but there's something so pure and so beautiful about it that is not captured. I love bourbon. Absolutely love it. But there's something about it that is slightly tainted because you have to give time. Time's an element. The barrels are an element. These kind of foreign entities that you bring into mm-hmm. the spirit to kind of <clears throat> coax some flavor out of it. But mezcal is not like that. It is nature fermented distilled. Yes. It is a pure expression of the thing. Yes. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah. And to the fact that Judah somehow has like this insane ability to pull out the best possible flavors from these plants. It's just mind boggling. So was that I love Tobala. I love Tobala. I had some great private there you guys had lots of private events. Tried some amazing, amazing mescals there. Even did some trades, all these cool things. Did you feel like that was a great platform for you to introduce the the layman, if you will, to mezcal? Because it's like the perfect opportunity. Because people it go really, up there, they don't know what to expect necessarily. It, yeah, no, it, it really is. And um, I, I do have to know and thank, you know, uh, uh, you know, Scranton and Cesar, Matt at Whistler's yeah. for giving me the chance. And I, I don't know what... I don't know what they saw in me for doing uh, to do that, but they mm-hmm. always kind of gave me like me and my buddy uh, Ben Harris, who doesn't live here anymore. He moved back to Seattle, but he was there at the same time as well. Okay, always gave us the, kind of the opportunities to work those rooms. Like we got, we earned those room, that room. Yeah, and we didn't earn it just by you know just plain hard work or being you know um, what do you call it seniority or anything like that. Right, like right. we had a genuine like uh, kind of passion for the product and. Yeah. They noticed that off the bat, like we were going out all the time. We were, I was going to bars like, you know, uh, Condessa, you know, uh-huh. for happy yeah, hour where I can get, there, get yeah. a little break, you know, on the price, sure. but go over there and I, and I would get in with the, you know, the bartender's like, can I just, you, you can leave the bottle there. I just want to like read everything off and I would just like take notes. I'm like, okay. This yeah. Is, this no, you're, this you're a diet when it become like, when it comes down to mezcal. Yeah. It's kind of like, I want to know every detail. I know you can never, you're chasing the dragon if you're trying to like document every single one that you it's can. Tough, yeah. It's ridiculous. But I was still trying, I was trying to. I was trying in my own way to rationalize and figure out what I was tasting, yeah. where it was from, and the it's blends. So intriguing. And it's like, why not? It's fascination. Yeah. It's you, absolutely You see a Monet, a Monet in life size, mm-hmm. and you say, what the fuck was that guy thinking? Where mm-hmm. was he? Mm-hmm. Where does he get the inspiration for something like that? And there's mezcal that is so deep and so rich that it extends past our ability to taste it. There's something far, far more deep about it than that. And you just... It, why not learn about it? You, you, it's almost like you have to know where it came from. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that was the thing for us when we, we tasted this particular plant, right? Like, well, what does this plant look like? Like, where does this grow? Mm-hmm. This is insane. This is such a sensory kind of experience. With I want, this. I want to be on the land and t- smell and taste the right. air that it, it, that it grows around. Yeah, exactly. I want, I'm trying to like, I'm grappling with like mystique and yeah. I can't let go. And it, it doesn't like, matter. Even if I made it myself, I would still never let go. Right. It's like, dude, it, even, <laughs> even when 
I have had the opportunity to work with plants that they work. I mean, it's still mystifying. It's like never really truly getting to understand David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you never will. Like yeah. there's too many facets to it and it's went on for too long. Yeah. And these plants, you know, you talk about Tepestat, they're living up to 22 years, 25 years. They have seen so many seasons that I can't begin to grasp what that feels like. And that, that spirit tastes like history. Right. As I almost, I was about to, yeah, you, you, you pulled it right out of my mouth. It's uh it's, it's history and it's, yeah. It's, you know, history and it's fleeting at the same time. Right. And it's, that's, that's like the tragic beauty of it as well. Right. And, um, Marty McFly syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, being able to, yeah, work that room is, is, yeah. is always, it's the best, uh, it's the best gig I've probably ever had. I get yeah. to, uh, play my own records you're the maestro and you're the total you rule the fucking room you rule, yeah. you rule I, I have a potty mouth i apologize no, uh, no, no, but you rule the room and you everything works to your pace and your rhythm whether people right. like it or not because yeah. you're the, obviously you're the director <clears throat> you're setting the scene mm-hmm. you're filming it you're mm-hmm. pacing it all that people have to like people and for the most part a lot of them uh adjust to your pace of things because right. Every time, it doesn't matter how full the room is or how empty it is. Mm-hmm. Like I'm working at the same pace with people, you know. I'm getting some face to face, and I'm giving them, you know, you know, I'm feeling out what they know or don't know, and I'm trying to give them one little chunk of this. Right. When you leave, you will have this piece of knowledge, and when you come back next time, you'll have two, yeah, and then three. And, and maybe that's how I point, learned, you know, you you build that, yeah, that ambition or that inertia to to learn about it on your own too. Mm-hmm. Do you think mescal is doomed? Not the the art form itself, but just surely because as far as sustainability, yeah, it's endangered already. Big problems. It's with the momentum that it's had in in, in the last two years, which is still a minority in the category. It really is, and it's but it's it's in yeah, it's it's yeah, constant constant threat of maybe it's just my fear too. Like I I can imagine that it is. It's got to be, and yeah, I'm I'm scared of that as well. The anxiety of it is is more than I can bear a little bit. Yeah. So maybe I should start stockpiling all my favorites all That's over again. That's what I do. That's and wait what I for do the with apocalypse. baseball cards. That's what I do with yeah. mezcal <laughs> bottles, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a brief tangent. We had a lot of mezcal that we could have chose from to taste in this particular session, but we kept it American and we kept it it's hearty. Here's... <laughs> Here's the other truth about that. It's like, if you started breaking out the mezcal, mm-hmm. um, we might be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> and I know sometimes yeah. sounds of the essence. Scene. I, I I'm still, I've still got my eye on, I'm trying to locate this bottle of Araqueño from the Real Minero. Oh. Uh, I found one. And uh, it's one of the greatest mezcals I've ever tried. It's kind of like a white whale, but yeah. William, who, who works at that stuff, is important. He's helping me, so perhaps I'll I'll finally get a bottle. Yeah. Get him in here to share that. That would be an amazing milestone. But I appreciate the fact that you picked the old Forester bottled in bond, eighteen ninety seven, which I'm not too sh- I don't know too too much about it. Obviously, the old Forester mash bill, but I think it's six years. The things I'm reading, it's like anywhere from five to eight years. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? But it's a, it's an incredible bourbon for for. Bottom bond, it's, it's really rich, really nice. It's hearty as fuck, I'll tell you. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's kind of like a, it's got this kind of big kind of like a 
a mechanic that sings opera in his off time kind of thing. It's Billy like Joel. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's Dude, rough. Everything relates. Bourbon is Billy Joel. <laughs> I have never I've never realized that until now. But it is like mm-hmm. a, the guy, the mechanic, aiming for the stars, aiming for the uptown girl. Yeah, hearty, sweet, <laughs> kernelly, deep. Yeah, bitter. All of it. Right. Yeah. How do you, what do you think about this? It's, it's lovely. It's good stuff, right? Yeah. You see, you took a, you guys took a flask of it. That mm-hmm. one, not a bad. We knocked that out pretty quickly. Yeah, we uh, yeah we sat at the track and watched four small storms pass through, and oh, the day man. got canceled. But we were there and drinking ten dollar beers, you know, at a track. What do you expect? And yeah. he goes, "Oh," hands it over. He's <laughs> like, "You motherfucker! <laughs> what is this? Oh." god damn it so we just stuck it out and it, you know it's one of those things that brings people together man it's it like does. we're sitting there we're kind of stranded in a sense and oh, uh, you absolutely stranded. we're drinking good bourbon and uh fucking reminiscing at a race at an f1 racetrack yeah with the place was Europeans. desolate there was 20 people there you know yeah in the stands plus us and uh we just watched like you know fucking austin get clobbered by two small tropical storms and right. it was kind of like this is, you know, even though we're not here, we, we didn't get to watch racing, which yeah. I was like, I'm so pumped up. We eventually did to watch some practice runs a lot later. Right, but right. We didn't get to watch the F1 cars. It's like, that's, that's the, that's the primo shit. I was like, I oh God. And we're watching them tune up just woo, woo, woo. Like in the garage. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, and he and I were just like, dude, yes, this is going to be amazing. Like we're so this. pumped up like a couple of kids and it didn't happen. We're like, well, fuck, you know, we had, well, what are we going to do now? We're going to go back to Austin, sit in a bar. Well, we We're can't go anywhere. This, yeah. get two hours. I hear the bus is like delayed. Everything forever. Yeah. We got there at two um, and sat in the stands for three hours and just drank and watched the storm. Oh man! And just like caught up. Yeah. Like it was you kind and Bully, of right? Me and Jeff Bully. Yeah. Looking forward time. to talking to him tomorrow too. Are you? Yeah, it'll be great. Maybe yeah, we'll, we'll start playing some guitar too. Oh yeah, don't. I'd imagine. Threaten him with a good time and don't threaten now. him with a good time. Oh, he'll, he'll, catch you'll, you'll get he'll stuck catch with him. He's yeah, he's a uh, he's my um, how do you say? He's my my karaoke duet. Oh, duo, that's brilliant, my buddy. Oh, like man. you go out to like he's one of those few people that we've always had like a genuine uh, respect and understanding of each other's music, mm-hmm. even though we kind of like a lot of the same shit. Right. But um, you know when that certain song comes on and he and I are just like look each other from across the room and just like <laughs> hold our hands up to each other. It's like, yes. You're out tomorrow. Yes. Let's do this. And we would do that. We'd go to karaoke and, uh, you know, we'd both, gen- we know like whatever song come on, it's usually a stone song. You know, right. kind of just into stones in general. And uh, like, we both just snag the mics out of whoever's hands it is and just fucking go at it. That's so good. You know, we kind of start rubbing shoulder blades like David Boy and Mick Jagger a little bit. Yeah. We kind of, it kind of gets a little homoerotic for a little bit there. And we kind of pass it back and forth and just like, it's the best time ever. That's amazing. It's the best. So we, you know, we chatted a little, probably about a couple months ago. Are you really thinking about leaving town? Uh, it's still there. Yeah. Um, how does your girlfriend feel about it? She's ready for it. Too. She's 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 supportive and down for whatever I'm gonna do. Yeah, she's uh, she can adapt really quickly. Sure, she's smart gal, hard worker. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. You tired of Austin? I'm not tired of I'm not tired of Austin. Or are you it's, tired of yourself in Austin? That's that's the, the comfort, that's an interesting you know? question. Yeah, uh, it hits on something, but I wouldn't say that's the entire. You know, there there are several facets to it that yeah. really. Um, it's, it's not, obviously it's not the same city that, you know, 
you're not the same woman in the city that I fell in love with. You know, you've changed. Right. And yeah, it's like, yeah. like you're popular. You got all these you've friends You've gained so now. much weight, yeah. city. Yeah. You've, you've got all these <laughs> friends now. And I don't know how I feel about all your friends. They're right, always like right. calling and you're always out with them all the time. Yeah. Like, like I'm losing touch with you. The Europeans are in you. What's yeah, the deal? Yeah, man. What the fuck? You smoke now? You didn't <laughs> smoke. When did you start smoking? Uh, yeah. I don't, you know, honestly, I, yeah, I, I have a deep, deep roots and love in this city. I mm-hmm. think I need to take a huge break though. Yeah. It's kind of just... You know, this is like some, what I'm about to say is the same old kind of cliche, boring shit that everybody in any major city in America is saying right now mm. with the urbanization in America right now. It's sort of like fucking traffic and sure. rent and it's like, yeah. oh, it's a drag. And like when I moved here, I didn't move here for that. Like, right. so like we're kind of like the city is going through its own puberty in yeah. its own sense it's becoming but like do, do a real th- metroplex sure and, for sure it's it's finally hitting phase two but it's but like puberty it's as painful as fuck yeah sure but you emerge a better person ultimately. eventually <laughs> but so but, but think about if someone like you who loves it for the right reasons loves mix mixology loves cocktailing or whatever the fuck you want to call it, loves it for the right reasons and has a genuine respect and uh, deference to or rather just rather respect to, to the cocktails like if you leave you realize how how detrimental and damaging that is not if you do you ever understand i don't, I don't know what you mean yeah would well, you ever under, understand what kind of role you play in this whole thing that you actually are one of the pillars that really keeps it good i mean i have an i have an idea it's not something that i you know i wake up every day and go well, I hope not, you megalomaniac, you <laughs> son of a bitch. But, but, but um, I know what you mean. I yeah. mean, I'm being an ass. Um, yeah, no, it's good. It's um, I mean, I get it. I think you know, in all of things, and in all the positions that I've worked and will work in the future, mm-hmm. w- one of the kind of basic, you know, tenets of just how I do what I do is, you know, once I've made myself into a place. I really immerse myself as as much as I possibly can, right. and um, I don't take initiative lightly. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't. It's a hard thing for a lot of um, working under some people that aren't really sure where you're coming from. Like I, mm-hmm. I can come on a little bit strong, but it's just because I really it's give passion. a shit about what I what I'm doing, right. and I want to know. I want to do. 110 percent every time i want to know everything like i'm um I, I didn't choose it to just kind of fuck around and make a few bucks right, so i can right. go like this is more than that you know yeah yeah i'm a i'm a to go like surf or something like that which is which is a beautiful calling for anybody who can who's into that but i'm not that type of that's just not my my personality type mm-hmm. um uh what's the what's the what's the word that they use um this is it's sort of cheesy but you know, you have like a few of those movies that you kind of like watch or albums that you listen to mm-hmm. a lot before you go to bed. Oh, sure. And you kind of like, it kind of, it's kind of comforting, but it also reinforcing something that you identify with. Yeah. And, uh, what does it make you feel so alone? Totally. Like, yeah. I'm like, somebody else feels this way. You're I'm right. like, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> uh, one of the first things, ones that nailed, nailed it right on, right on the head when I first, saw it was uh jiro james of sushi oh like, yeah this is a person who goes yeah. to work every day and has a very specific routine yeah and every day they just give everything they can to it but that they and, like, you be... feel it every day and you yeah. feel the up and, and downs it's a, and, and it's enough of... right it's enough for them that to be the the best the, 
to be the master at this thing. Yeah. And it's not even about, it's about, it's about striving for, you know, obviously perfection that you'll never reach. Right. But it's also about, you know, the passion and dignity that you have in your own work ethic every single day. Yeah. Um, I know, I don't think that's a rare thing. I don't think so. I either. just think people need to, I think most people will figure it out at some point or another, but we all kind of apply ourselves a little bit differently from, from case to case, different on our personality types to, and how to do it. Yeah. yeah and, our, and yeah, and our backgrounds as well. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of like, you know, being kind of the type A rut weirdo that I kind of am is sort of like, <laughs> I'll go in and I'll do the same thing every day. Yeah. But like when everything I was doing every day three years ago, like say before, when I walked through the door as a cowboy mm-hmm. is, a f- is not even close. You know, when I, when I take that moment to kind of go back and, and reflect on it and be like, you know, when I walked through those doors and I was, I was trying to do what I can, yeah. you know, like, you know, I was, I was fucking around too much and, and that fucking around too much in that I wasn't really giving like my all to research and trying to like develop a drink. Right. And I'd be like, fuck, I really was just fucking around a little bit. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of sort of yeah, shameful. Yeah, I mean, it's part of it. It's one of the, but it's part of the growing right. process, yeah, totally you know, is, totally is. but now like, you know, I have people that are under me and they come up to me, you know, we have a new menu coming out or we're, you know, doing R and D and they go, try this. And I go like, I don't know what that is. Doesn't work. You know, like, I'm like, yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's not working. And they're like, well, I thought I was going to do this and that. And I was like, oh, well, that's when really you decide nice. what you really want to do, let me know. Totally. Yeah. It's really nice. And, uh, I kind of like. You know, and then I have to like, you know, I'm, I'm in that position now where even like people like, you know, Brian Dressel or or I, I've worked with Brian Dressel yeah. and Josh Loving and Justin Elliott and Adam Bryant God. at the same time. Yeah, insane. Like, and Dream I was like, team. I'm Dream like, team. totally. I'm like, yeah. oh, who the fuck am I? <laughs> like, how did I end up in this room with these people? Yeah. Like, it didn't make any sense. I was still like stupid as shit. It's like Scotty Pippen to Jordan, man. Still yeah. a key player. <laughs> Just, it's like totally essential to yeah. the whole thing. I was more like the Steve Kerr man. Like, <laughs> I had no, some, I had some, I had some clutch, I had some clutch threes here and there. I can, <laughs> yeah. you know, I can catch a rebound here and there, but like I wasn't a star. The Horace Grant. Oh man, <laughs> was he a power forward? Is that right? He was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good, good time for the fucking, Bulls. I, I've always wanted a pair of those fucking glasses, man. Oh, they're so good. They're so they're I don't. So I'm sure they don't make them anymore. You had what to was his gen- brother's name? Grant played also. His other brother. <sighs> Uh, I can't remember. Horace Grant's brother? Yeah. I swear to God, he had a brother that played in the league, too. Probably did. Gary Grant. It's good. <laughs> it's just kidding. You caught me off guard, man. Damn, because you know what? I used to, you know, I used to, I used to collect basketball cards too, when I was a yeah. kid. Skybox. I have a Seriously. shit ton of cards still, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, let me know if you want to trade, man. I, I got a lot of stuff. I wish, man. I, They're I all wish up in I Dallas had, still. I've got just so many Dallas trumps. That's oh, all. dude. <laughs> I've got so many. No one will trade me for that. No. <laughs> no <laughs> Pacers, yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Got so many Matumbos. Oh, Matumbos. Swimming in Matumbos. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, I think that I, I hope that I hope you don't leave because I think that your dedication to quality and dedication to doing the right thing and saying things that will help people understand spirits, understand mezcal, understand cocktails, it is paramount to what is the culture of, of cocktails now. Well, yeah, definitely. I, I <clears throat> It's to a point where I think it's just, you know, it's going to be, I know for, for at least the plans that I've made to leave or, or at least the rumor to leave, yeah. um, that 
if that does happen, you know, I will spend the la- I probably will spend the last points, um, months in time here, uh, leaving cowboy. Yeah. Excuse me. And, um, trying to get, um, everybody who is underneath me, I want to learn, um, in a good position to where they feel not, they feel where I feel that they have kind of like the necessary background right. and tools and training to be able to torch, be independent. So to speak, right? You know, it's one of those hard things. And you were kind of like mentioning back, it was about a minute ago about like just throwing ingredients together and just being an ass about it and being yeah. like, you know, I could drink that. Yeah. It's booze. We, you know, yeah, we do all did at some point, but at some point you start like really kind of like, you know, you're building, building a foundation to like making anything mm-hmm. is that, you know, I couldn't have said it better myself, but I, I knew what I meant to say. And I was, I was talking to Bill Norris about this one time. And so like, you know, we went through a period in, in Austin, you know, the Austin cocktail beginning of the Renaissance or whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it nationwide. But, you know, for a long time there, it was, um, you know, everybody was to accomplish whatever drink or goal they had in mind. We're we're, we're muddling everything. Yeah. yeah. And then we went from the muddling season to the, um, the house syrups, you know what I mean? The house bitters. And, And obsessing over those things. Yeah. And then after that, it was like we were like, you know, infusing everything at the same time. And it was like there were so many like there were so many cool things happening mm-hmm. in the sense that people were like endeared to create and make something work. Right. Uh, the shitty part is like, you know, you don't walk into a room or uh, with somebody who's just barely picking up the piano mm-hmm. and throw fucking like synthesizers and fucking moves <laughs> and shit at them that they don't understand right, yet. Right, you know, right, right. you have to have a foundation. Yeah. And uh, I feel like we're finally getting to that point where every uh, most bars that are worth their salt here. And there's quite a few of them, and I'm I'm pretty proud of that. Um, the city's kind of catching up to a standard as, yeah. as far as the nation is concerned. Sure, They're, we're we're definitely years behind, you know, New York and San Francisco, and but not too and too far. Those those are the those are the big ones, though. You know, what what can you do? Yeah, those, like those two are the seniors in the 50? game. Not so yeah, bad. it's fine. Right, but it's you know, but everybody's earnestly trying, and yeah. I'm starting to see that people are actually going and digging around, you know, for good information. And there are, and there mm-hmm. are a lot of um, uh, people putting out good books with good information right. that, yeah, that translate yeah. today we're not information gonna... is very ubiquitous which but is yeah nice. we're not going back and you know kind of like digging up antiquated stuff to be like well i'm going to try and synthesize this we're like dude you know we don't have the same products we have then tastes are completely different yeah. you know you can't execute the same way like you 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 gotta reinterpret to today's tastes mm even though even if there is a standard involved, yeah. but you can complicate it with that. But it's a good thing to see now where I finally kind of did a lot of research and started drinking a lot of drinks and started understanding why, you know, I use Campari instead of Aperol in this yeah. drink or so whatever components. Yeah, like you use the right instrument for the You've job. You've got the theory. Yeah. yeah, the theory is finally down. That's, right. yes. And uh, to put it, you know, in a way that Bill nailed it for me, that I hadn't thought of it exactly. He goes like, Hey man, before you go out and start fucking trying to write your own songs and being your own genius, yeah. you know, um, cover the Beatles a hundred times. Yeah. And I went, I understand where it came and from. And I was like, okay, I'm going to replace stones with the Beatles. Cause I'm a stones dude. Yeah. Yes. Cover the motherfucking rolling stones for a while. Yeah. Like understand palettes and tastes and all sorts of approaches. Have a foundation. and understand the theory of all of it mm-hmm. before you just start throwing shit into a glass and making it look pretty and charging 20 bucks for it. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, then you understand where everything came from. And you'll and then you'll go so much further. Yeah, like it's an absolute enlightening moment to see a bartender 
you know, throw together something really basic and they go, not basic, but like they, they have a moment of like humility to be like, I use three ingredients in this cocktail. Yeah. And uh, that's one of my favorite things, by the way, is like, I'll, I'll even ask like our, our younger employees to be like, make me something with three ingredients three, right. and make it fucking sing. Mm-hmm. You know, with Beatles that. did it in four. Yeah. You got, you got three. <laughs> you got three Nirvana did it in instruments. three. So there you go. If you want to impress me, do it with two. Yeah. Like be White crazy. Shit. You know, that's, yeah, that's masterful and, yeah. and crazy as shit. But that's the, we're getting, you know, past the point of like, there's nothing wrong with a 10 ingredient cocktail. Right. But it's not, not everybody can do that. Yeah. Like it's, you're, you're it's not there yet. Overwrought with complications. Yes, absolutely. And it's, and there's a lot of theory behind it as well. Sure. And that's a whole other discussion, but. But you, Mozart was more successful than, ah, shit, let's say like Eric Copeland. Okay. Right? The, the, the more, or Rachmaninoff. Okay. Far more complicated. Sure. Right. Mozart wrote hits because it was easy to understand. It was the a riff on the basic theory. Sure. Not deeply enveloping yourself in these weird tones and weird scales and stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. it becomes too esoteric. Yeah. The kind of basic thing I always hand them to them, the basic mm. kind of set to anybody or even anybody like a customer goes like, well, why does it only have three things? That seems kind of like cheap and kind of like you're really? skating by. And I was like, yeah. here's the beauty of that. The three ingredient cocktail is the acoustic set. Absolutely. You're going to hear the weaknesses mistakes. are very, very obvious. When they hit, you go, oh, that's... Yes. I mean, I'm still going to be like, cool, man. You know, good job. When it's good, it's good. good when work. it's bad, it's, it's horrible. It's like, oh, well, fuck. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, if you can nail your acoustic sets before you get the ensemble together and all the totally. fucking equipment that you can barely understand. Totally agree. Just nail that shit, man. It's good, man. And <laughs> I, you know, again, I hope you don't leave. I think that... Austin needs you and I think that we're progressing but at the same time it's very important that you stick around so oh. I appreciate you oh god you know taking the time to chat with me choking up here uh, thank you so much <laughs> thank you thank you there we have it Michael Phillips from Midnight Cowboy oddly enough after after we stopped rolling so to speak he told me he doesn't consider himself a very talkative guy but I found him to be incredibly nuanced open, transparent, articulate, and and insightful. The kind of work ethic I get from Michael and the things that he's talked about, I think it's a a pretty big inspiration to keep at it till it's done right, not being afraid to say that things aren't good, that they don't work. Sometimes we err on the side of positivity too much, and we encourage people to just do shitty work. He holds us to a higher standard, And I hope as a result of this conversation, I hold myself to a higher standard. Thank you so much, Michael, for being a good inspiration to me. And no matter what you guys out there do, keep dancing.